Welcome to the Scholarship Chat Podcast. I am your host, Ashley Hill. Here we talk about the scholarship tips, tools, and strategies that you need to fund your dream career. Let's get started. So welcome, everyone. I want to welcome you back to another edition of the Scholarship Chat. I'm so excited. We've gone international again, and I have my special guest here. So welcome, David, to the Scholarship Chat. Thank you very much, Ashley. Great. So before we get started, um, please introduce yourself about your company and what you do. Okay, so my name is David Williams. I'm an international education consultant working out of the UK, uh, predominantly working across uh, the UK, Europe, the Middle East, but also working in the US in the HE sector. I do a lot of work with international schools, and I I believe very passionately in matching the right student to the right institution. That's awesome, And, and I love that. And for those that are listening, you know, if you are an international student um, that is listening, you know, that's really what this topic is about. You know, this session is, you know, I'm going to be kind of picking David's brain a little bit um, about, you know, the, the admissions process and really how to prepare. So, David, again, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, you're welcome. I'm uh, excited to be here. Yes. Yeah, so my first question is, so this is for an international student and regardless of, you know, what country they're studying in, um, what is that typical college admissions process? Like, what does that look like? So uh, it's what's really important to understand, I think, when we're talking about international students, particularly accessing HE uh, in, in the U.S., mm-hmm. is that there are, there are lots of curriculums building into um, the U.S. opportunity. So whilst many of the students I work with are at schools that deliver the U.S. curriculum, there are quite a few that don't, so the, the biggest one probably being uh, the International Baccalaureate, the IB. Mm-hmm. And Therefore, there is, there is slight, a slight difference in terms of how that admission process works. And um, there are also some, some, some commonalities and general, generalities. The, mm-hmm. the primary one being that you have to start early. So yes. I, this is one of, the, one of the big challenges. You need to get things like your, um, your English language equivalency done. So your tends to be IELTS that we, we use mm-hmm. um, and make sure that your English proficiency is, is high enough. And I, you know, I, I really recommend the students do that at least a year in advance of thinking of the college you're applying to. Mm-hmm. Um, so often in, in the July or August of the, of the previous year, because mm-hmm. if the, it just gives them some room if something happens, and also you've got the early admissions with some of the colleges in the US um, in kind of October, November, so that gives them some time. Um, and then obviously the other big thing that's, that's probably not common um, to other parts of the world uh, is this individualized nature of the, of the admissions process in the U.S., so applying to individual colleges. Um, and so that's, you know, SATs, that's extended essays, that's the, all those kind of really good stuff. Um, and that's, a, that's probably quite different for some of the international students, particularly if they're going for the U.S. and the U.K., which tend to be the two big, um, big destinations for, for HE. For HE. Mm-hmm. Um, and whereas the UK has a centralized, uh, centralized system where you apply one place and it gets distributed to all the, all the institutions, obviously the US is very different. So the big thing for me with, with working with students who are looking to go to the States is that time frame. Mm-hmm. So to be well in advance, to have your English um, equivalency done, to uh, have your, um, which is IELTS or, or TOEFL, depending on, uh, TOEFL, depending on where, where they're coming from, but also to have their, their SAT um, sorted in their, their GRE so uh, for any postgraduates if they're coming from a, a college elsewhere to make sure that they've got that as well um, so it's that that kind of paperwork side of things I think is, is the bit that holds, holds a lot of students up 
mm-hmm. particularly if they're not based on a US international school. Because mm-hmm. a lot of, they don't have the access to college counselors the way that a lot of uh, American schools do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then mm-hmm. going through, you know, um, October, October, November for early entrance and then typically January for, um, for other institutions. And this also is another challenge because they're, they're kind of full in exams at that period of time. So mm. it's, it's trying to get those students to understand they have to prioritize this if, you know, if they are going to be applying in the fall of that year. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what? I love all of that. It was so much great information. I was over here taking notes myself. And, but I love, what you, <laughs> <laughs> I love what you said when you started is that you have to start early. Like I'm such an advocate for that. And I'm so glad that you start off by saying that because it takes time, you know, to get everything together. The, the biggest, I think the biggest challenge that we have for students nowadays is that they are bombarded by uh, things to do. Mm-hmm. You know, there's really very little downtime. And with the international schools I work with, they have great co-curricular activities. Mm-hmm. So they'll be doing, you know, they'll be in the, the drama production, they'll be on the sports team. And that leaves, you know, very little time to, to get it right. And that's, it's such, a, it's such a big thing, you know, such a big decision in your life. Um, and I think, you know, you know, being 17, 18, you can be quite flippant, can't you? Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it's really important that you take that time. So starting early gives you the time to maybe make some mistakes, to have uh, a teacher or a parent or a trusted adult look over your application um, and give you some really, really constructive feedback. Yeah. And, you know, too, I'm just thinking that also for an international student, you have to consider all of the... I'll say immigration, all the legal things, you know? Yeah, so obviously the, yeah, the visa applications, um, which is, you know, that, that, can take, that can take a lot of time to getting your F1 visa and um, mm-hmm. is, is a challenge. Um, I mean, we're obviously predominantly talking about academic students, so I'm talking about an F1 visa as opposed to, you know, thinking about a J1 or an M1 mm-hmm. um, for different levels of study. But most of the students we, we talk to are doing their bachelor's degree and looking at, at F1. Mm-hmm. Interestingly, um, we do work with a lot of students who do have dual nationality. They may not be studying at an American school, but they do have U.S. citizenship, mm-hmm. um, either through birth or through, uh, through family. So that doesn't always present a problem. But for those students who are coming particularly from, we see a lot of students now coming from the Indian subcontinent. Mm-hmm. Um, those numbers have fallen off slightly in the last two years. They do have a long visa process to go through. Yeah. And a lot of them aren't aware then of some of the restrictions. So, you know, how quickly maybe they have to leave the U.S. after they graduate unless they, um, you know, they move on to another visa. Um, so I think that can be quite a, a shock. <laughs> to <Yes. some> of... <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. And so now I want to ask, what are the top three things that international students um, probably don't know or, not, or, they're, or they're not really aware of, but they should know? I think um, this is a really difficult one. I, and I, 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 I'm really kind of trying to think of not so much the, that they should know, but the things that maybe they miss. Uh, okay. I think that's really important for international students. Um, so one of the, I think, you know, straight off the bat, it's, it's the amazing student services that a lot of institutions in the U.S. offer, which is very, very different to elsewhere. And, you know, that's not to say that in the U.K. they don't have great student services, but I think the U.S. do that mm-hmm. particularly well. Um, and lots of things around, you know, financial aid. And we didn't we didn't talk about um, financial aid in, term, in the last question, really. But 
that mm-hmm. tends to apply to students once they've, once they've landed and once they're in their first year mm-hmm. um, in terms of kind of scholarship and, and things, um, particularly if it's on scholastic merit. So mm-hmm. that needs to be considered. Um, but they, you know, the US colleges do have great career advice. They have lots of good counselling. And I think that's something that um, particularly international students don't, don't avail themselves of, don't take into account. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore, perhaps struggle and, we, and we've seen that in some of the in some of the studies that international students are that little bit more likely to um to drop out early mm. and i think engaging with those services um from the start from um you know when they straight you know, as soon as they arrive at, arrive at college and do their orientation is is really important um i think there's also uh they don't perhaps take advantage of the vast you know the vast amount of extracurricular activities that are, that are on offer in the US mm-hmm. um, and that can be and, and that kind of that also kind of uh, falls into the cultural um, issues as well and mm-hmm. sometimes there are cultural barriers to to engaging in some of the some of the uh, activities and just you know just being shy in a new country particularly if English is your second language you may have a you know a very good IELTS score but mm-hmm. if it's not your native tongue you and I both speak English. We speak with very different accents, and I'm very aware that I speak very quickly. Um, and 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 that's with with two people who are native English speakers. The language barrier can be a bit of a challenge. So I, I really encourage um, encourage students to, at orientation, go and find go and find a club, go and find something to get involved in, um, and that also helps to root them in you know emotional stability and. And get them involved in other things, and I think that's a really important thing that, that, that students miss. They they are so fixated a lot of the time on I've got to get my studies right, and that's absolutely that's absolutely fair. Mm-hmm. But they, they've got to have that balance with life. Um, on a cultural note, I know students who go. For, there's quite a few more students now coming from the UK to the US, which is mm-hmm. great. I like I like seeing that. Um, but we have a very different uh, approach to, for example, alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, and the student experience in the UK is very different to the student experience, um, at least in the early years, in the US. Yes. Um, and that's they, and you know, that can be a bit of a, a bit of a culture shock. So getting involved in things is really good. Um, and then I think the other piece of advice is expect to be lonely, expect to feel emotionally challenged, um, because if you're prepared for it, you can deal with it. And what we tend to find is that even though a lot of the international students I work with have often maybe moved to school three, four, five times in their lives as their parents have moved around, mm. it might be the first time that they're really, unless they come from a, a boarding school environment where they are used to those long periods of time away from their parents and just with their peers, it can feel quite isolating. Um, and I think that the being prepared for that and maybe, maybe having, you know, having some good practice, so... Uh, making sure that you've got a set of time each week to, to FaceTime home or um, to, to get onto Skype and, and engage with some of the friends and, and family. That's, that isolation, that loneliness mm-hmm. is natural and normal. And I think that's something that creeps up on people. They think they're so awash with the excitement of going to college that they don't maybe think about what it's going to be like if they do feel homesick. Right. And, you know, I, oh my goodness, there's so many takeaways from what you said. The two... I was going to comment on that really what you just said is if you're prepared with it, you can deal with that loneliness, that isolation, but also that it's okay to feel like that. So 
yeah, absolutely. You know, it's uh, it's absolutely fine. Um, and we we kind of we we live. I think particularly for for men, for young men, mm-hmm. we live in a, in a in an age where you know it's not particularly um, encouraged sometimes to 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 be able to be that emotional. Yeah. Um, and it's really important that we support support those young men to say no, it's okay. Um, much better you tell us, much better, you, and you'll have a better experience for for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I think it's important to do that. It is, and then the other thing too, I was going to comment on is uh, the fact that you were talking about I was taking advantage, you know, of that support services on campus, and you know, it's an issue here too. I I talk to a lot of current college students. And it's like simple as a career services office. They don't think about it until senior year when they're thinking about yeah. their job. Yeah. And if they, the, the earlier they think about it, the earlier things they can look at internships, they can look at getting experience during the summer, uh, summer period. They can, you know, a lot of, a lot of the colleges have um, other international programs that they can apply to. So there's so many things that they can do at, which enrich their, not just their college experience, but also their opportunities then after college to get into the workforce. Yes. And now kind of transitioning a little bit, we've been talking about some mistakes along the way, but what are some, uh, some other common mistakes maybe you haven't touched on yet that you're seeing that international students are making when they're preparing to study abroad? So I think there's, there's definitely a few. Um, some, are, some more lighthearted than others. Um, one of the lighthearted ones, I think, is uh, don't pack too much. You know, I see, <laughs> I see students arriving <laughs> at airports with, uh, you know, trolleys and trolleys of, luggage and uh i promise you you're not you know they do have shops and malls in the u.s um they may not be quite the same i mean and yet they i've seen them bring food mm-hmm. you know like they're terrified they're not going to be able to get uh i don't know ramen noodles or whatever it might be um and uh it, yeah so quite, on quite a light note i've seen that uh, <laughs> which mm-hmm. always baffles me and it never matters how many how many students i talk to and say look you know you don't need to take the whole world with you and mm-hmm. still turn up and you know you get to a college dorm and you've only got so much space right right um and if you're sharing you're not going to be um you're not going to be great friends if you take over the room yes. um understanding i think really understanding what college you're applying for so is it a community college is it a campus college what what does it look like what does the city look like what's the makeup Mm-hmm. They, I see a lot of students just go, oh, I, that, I've heard that's a great course. Um, I'm going there. Without understanding, actually, it's, it, the, the whole college experience is more than the course. It's, it's a lot of other things that, that go into it. Um, and so I think that's, a, that's a, a real common mistake where when they haven't had guidance, you know, when, when they haven't been able to sit down with someone who's got experience and, and say, what's going to be the best fit overall for me? not just purely for an academic course, mm-hmm. but the whole experience and, the, and, and actually coming out as a much more rounded individual at the end. Um, they're not exploring the, out, the, the, the States particularly. Um, I've spent uh, you know, time in the States and mm-hmm. I, it's a, you've got a fantastic country. And the amount of students I, I, I encounter who, when I say, so, so how, what are you seeing? Where have you been? Mm-hmm. And they've not moved out, let alone not moved out of the state. They haven't moved out of the town that the college is based in. Mm. Um, and I think that they, they, miss, they miss this great experience if they don't do that. Yeah. Um, not getting involved in student life early enough. 
So that goes right back to, you know, right from orientation, go and find the people that you've got, you know, go find your tribe, go mix, go, go and uh, get involved in maybe sports you wouldn't have had access to. So the football and the hockey, uh, football as in American football, not what we call football. Um, right. <laughs> go and, go, but go and try those, you know, go and try those sports that maybe you wouldn't have got the opportunity to otherwise. Uh, so getting involved early enough. Um, and yeah, just, I think, embracing embrace it don't don't go don't go in, into it too too terrified it's going to be a huge experience but if you can the better prepared john and this you know goes back to the first thing i said about planning early mm-hmm. planning early planning well um not just for the for the the, the academic college experience but you know arriving early at, at campus as early as you can so you can orient yourself within the within both the campus and, 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 and the town you're living in, find out where the where the, the supermarket is, find out where you can get food and, and things that are, are comfortable and find out where the laundress is, you know, all those boring things. <laughs> they they make you feel so much more at home. Um so yeah, preparation are probably the biggest takeaway for me. Yeah, and you know what? I love that. And also I love that you said to, you know, Take advantage of of experts and don't be afraid to ask for help. And also the practical things like we're talking about, like packing lights and, you know, like you said, immersing yourself in the culture. I think all that is, it's very, very key. Like, like you said, like you said, to having a well-rounded experience. Yeah. It's, you, you know, college is more than the sum of the courses you take Mm -hmm. and is about the, the friendships you'll make and the, the experiences that you'll take with you, that will form the rest of your, you know, the rest of your career. Um, I still have friends from my from my university days. They're still very good friends. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we still talk very regularly. We that my first undergraduate degree shaped a lot of the things that I do now. Mm-hmm. Um, the experience that I had there, and that is the biggest. I think the biggest takeaway particularly with some of the international students who are um, perhaps more academically minded or going into college with a very narrow focus is to be able to just lift, lift that a little bit and, and widen the lens and, and say, this experience that you can have is fantastic and it's a, a life-affirming um, experience that you should embrace. Yes, I love it. That's that's perfect advice. And so before I ask my last question, I just wanted to ask, do you have any, like, so for the international student or the parent, you know, that's listening or maybe a college admissions counselor is listening and they advise international students, what would you tell them, like, your, you know, top piece of advice? What would you give them? Top piece of advice would be communication is key. It's mm, um, a good one. It, it's from, from talking to the college speak to the admission staff of the college you know pick the phone up where you know i'm currently it's 10 o'clock in the uk but you know um you can time zones aren't the be all and end all pick the phone up mm-hmm. get you know talk to the college counselors if you can talk to alumni if you can get on you know we we now live in such a digital age where colleges have 3d virtual tours mm-hmm. go and look at those things get online go to youtube find out what the campus is about Try and contact alumni. Get a feel for those institutions, um, because it can be quite expensive to go and, particularly if you're based in the Middle East, to go to the, to the states and um, 
tour around colleges that you might do if you're based in the continental US. Yeah. So use, use the technology, you know. We have um, some of the colleges I work with, we have immersive, we use immersive technology. So you can put on your, um, your VR headset and you can be at college. You know, it's at our fingertips. So go and explore and communicate with, you know, don't stop asking questions. Don't just assume that you know what it's like. That's right. That, that is great advice. And I'm, I'm so glad you said that, you know, communication is, it is huge, you know, to get an understanding, get clarity, ask your questions. Um, this is a huge life decision, you know, and, and probably the first major decision for, like you said, most 17 year olds. <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. And you don't want to get it wrong. So the more information yeah. that you can have to, to base your decision on, the better. And I think we do a disservice to our young people when we, we sometimes brush that off. You know, we should be, as, as professionals working in the field, we should be encouraging them, encouraging them to ask questions. Because, you know, the next four years, that's, that's quite a big chunk of, of, their, of their young life. It is. And, you know, David, I've been listening. I've got, like, a whole page of notes now. And I've enjoyed <laughs> you sharing so much. I'm learning, you know, as well. I'm sure that everyone else is taking away some nuggets. Um, and I can't even believe time flies like that. But I wanted you, before you go, um, to tell us and those that are listening, um, tell us more about your services. If someone needs to get in contact with you, what's the best way to do that? If you could just kind of share that. Yeah, of course. So um, I predominantly work with uh, institutions, although I do work with some uh, some students individually and parents. And my, as I said right at the start, my philosophy is getting this, the right student to the right institution. Mm-hmm. So um, I concentrate from an institution point of view on making sure that their message is, is ethical and accurate so that they're so that when people come to them they know what they're getting the experience they're getting and from a, a point of view of working with students i am very careful at working with with the student and the parents to find out what really makes them tick because mm. I've, I've met a lot of students who they say they want to you know they're the you know, bio, bioscientists the biochemists but actually what they really want to do is be at an institution where they get to engage in all the other activities as well. They just don't want to be at a, a life sciences institution. So that's what I'm really passionate about. Uh, best ways of getting in contact with me. Um, it, professionally, it's on LinkedIn. So I'm David Williams 1601. You can uh, catch me on Twitter. Um, I'm at David Williams 16. And you can email me, which is david.williams at youth. That's Y-O-U-T-H dev dev agency.com where we provide holistic non-formal and experiential learning opportunities for young people perfect and for those that are listening david did not pay me to say what i'm about to say but if you are listening (laughs) (laughs) if you are listening and you're the student or you're the parent or grandparent or if you're on the institutional side and you're like hey we need someone to come in i highly highly recommend david he's a professional He's an expert in his own right. So definitely reach out to David for those services. <laughs> oh, that's very kind. Thank you, Ashley. appreciate that. You're welcome. I have to say that because I don't want people to be like, oh, that's a sponsor. No, that's not. <laughs> <laughs> no ad here. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> but David, again, thank you so much for your time. Oh, you're very, very welcome. Thank you so much. 
I want to thank you for tuning in to today's podcast episode. To learn more about how you can use your talents and achievements to find and win scholarships in less time, visit my website, which is www.collegeprepready.com. Also, follow me on Facebook at Prep the Number Four College. That's Prep the Number Four College. Now, take care, and I look forward to bringing you more scholarship search tools, tips, and strategies in our next podcast episode. Goodbye.